You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And welcome to 2021. We have a fun-filled show for you today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL and the first-round playoffs, and then just a little bit about the NBA, a little bit about college football and its playoffs. And then we have a very interesting treat for you this time and where we're going to give you some of our 2020 highlights uh, year in review. The NFL playoff bound uh, teams are uh, the Buffalo Bills against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we have Tampa Bay against the Washington football team. Chicago Bears against New Orleans. Uh, Baltimore against Tennessee. Pittsburgh against Cleveland. Huge rivalry game there. And same thing with Seattle against the Los Angeles Rams. But before we even get into that, just a couple of things about uh, the Packers here. The Packers went ahead and wrapped up the number one seed along with Aaron Rodgers leading the effort there. Uh, they wrapped it up against the Chicago Bears uh, in where it was just a very, very uh, interesting treat to actually go ahead and see and witness the Packers dominate the Bears once again. Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, has wrapped up the MVP award. Uh, and Devontae Adams continues to be the pro bowler, the all pro that he is. Well done by the Packers in terms of wrapping up the number one seed. The week before, I indicated that the Packers would actually be ran all over on against the Tennessee Titans. The Packers defense proved me wrong. Uh, I am man enough to admit when I'm wrong, I was wrong. Derrick Henry only had 98 yards uh, against us on 23 carries. His long run was 10 yards. Packers defense showed up, halted his uh, progress. But nonetheless, Derrick Henry still ran for over 2,000 yards in the season. I think that's a testament to the Packers improving on their defense, stopping a 2,000-plus yard runner. It's not not very many in the NFL in, in history, uh, but Derrick Henry is now one of them. But the Packers went ahead and stopped him. And I will also say this too: impacting the Packers wrapping up the number one seed. I just hope that they don't get COVID, man. In this day and age, in where they have this first round bye, there's only two teams now with first round bye in both conferences. Deserve this uh, first round bye. We haven't had a buy in uh, since week five, I believe. And this is a, a great opportunity to get some rest, to, to heal up the wounds, if you will, uh, heal up the injuries, and let's get at it. What say you, Danny? From the Falcons' point of view, we wrapped up the season as well in fine fashion by losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by 17, solidifying our, that number four pick in the upcoming draft. So it'll be very interesting to see which way the Falcons go with that pick. If they go with Sewell, the offensive tackle, 
or they go quarterback, which is everyone's leaning towards. So we'll see what they do in the draft. Also in the coaching carousel, including your offensive coordinator in Green Bay, Nathaniel Hackett, they interviewed him yesterday uh, and a few others. A lot, And they have to get a GM. So there's a lot going on with Atlanta. We'll see what this next these next two months, three months look like and how they move forward. Man, interesting. We'll see what happens. Any thoughts mm-hmm. on, on the first round? So, Jason, looking at these games, I'm picking Chalk from a standpoint of I think all the favorites should win. Mm-hmm. The games that I see that could be very interesting is that Baltimore-Tennessee game. Yes. yes. Baltimore did lose to them in overtime, and they blew that game earlier in the year. So that one will be very interesting to see if Baltimore can make adjustments. This is a nice rematch from last year's playoffs. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Rams game, I think it's also going to be close because it's a divisional game. They always play close and it's going to be some low scoring game. So that's what I'm looking at right now. The other ones, I don't see them as blowouts. I think these games are going to be closer than people think. Yeah, agreed there. Uh, look, man, this Buffalo Indianapolis Colts game, man, Buffalo is just hot right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are hot as fish grease, man. <laughs> we'll see what happens, man. Colts got interesting defense. That's going to be an interesting game for me. You know, this Tampa Bay-Washington football team matchup, Washington shouldn't be doing any talking, man. I mean, I think, you know, woke up a, a sleeping giant in a, a little bit there. I think Tampa Bay might blow them out, man. And the interesting thing is this game is going to be in Washington. The NFL needs to do something about that, man, for the NFC East squad to host any type of playoff game. Mm-hmm. is just a complete travesty mm-hmm. and there needs to be some kind of rule put in place to to deal with situations like that moving forward i mean this has happened uh a few times before this baltimore tennessee game is going to be physical as all get out man i am actually really looking forward to that game this is really obviously shades of back in the day between lewis and and eddie george Back in the day, that rivalry, man, is a something else, man. So I'm interested in that one. The first round is going to be very interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens. Should be a fun-filled day uh, come Saturday. And, man, this is going to be a great weekend this full of football. The college football playoffs, Danny. So in this Notre Dame versus Bama, I had predicted a 52-17 game in the favor of Bama. And, you know, the, the game was really a lot closer than – then 52-17. It was 31-14. I believe Alabama wasn't as interested in this game, quite honestly, man. <laughs> I think they were just going through the motions, quite honestly. They they won. They advanced to the title game. Uh, and then the Ohio State-Clemson uh, game, uh, to me, was a total shock, uh, in my opinion. 49-28 in the favor of Ohio State. I thought that this would be a lot closer than what it was. And I thought this was going to go in Clemson's favor. Uh, for all the talk that made about Ohio State being ranked number 11, <laughs> all that stuff, and that they shouldn't even be in the bowl game. And I was one, one of the person who said they should not be in this playoff series because they only played five games. Uh, they shouldn't have gone to the Big Ten game. But nonetheless, they're in a the championship game, so uh, kudos to them. But in this championship game, man, Alabama against Ohio State, uh, I'm – 
personally picking Roll Tide. I'm going for Alabama on this. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people give it. Congratulations to Devontae Smith for winning the Heisman. You deserve it. And, man, we'll just see how things go in this game. Uh, so I think both teams are going to be primed and ready to go. How about you, Danny? So, Jason, yeah, I think Bama was just going through the motions in that game against Notre Dame. It was one of those things where it was just like, let's just get through this healthy. Notre Dame was no match for Alabama. And also, I agree with you on the Clemson-Ohio State. I also thought Ohio State would get, get blew out in this game. It wouldn't be competitive. Justin Fields came to play. And actually, it, onto the championship game, I'm also taking Bama. I just look at Ohio State's going through a lot right now with COVID, and I don't know what kind of mental state they're going to be in, or physical state, actually. I'm thinking Alabama's going to be ready to go and take care of business. I would like to see Ohio State make it a game, but I just don't see it just based to based on their current circumstance with COVID. Uh, and now a little bit into the NBA. There's, we're about, about eight games into the season. We've seen some interesting things, man. You know, the Brooklyn Nets started off pretty quick, man. At first, it was like, man, looking at KD and what he's doing, I want to say he's maybe 85% there, but, man, his 85% is just phenomenal to watch, man. The first couple of games, I was like, I don't see any team beating this squad. Even the LeBron Lakers, no. I'm, I'm going with KD and Kyrie. And then the injuries start happening more so with uh, Dinwiddie, who is uh, apparently out for the season. And then COVID protocol, which sidelined KD for about three games. And then Kyrie going, I would say kind of AWOL, man. Nobody don't, don't know where Kyrie, what happened to Kyrie last game. Coach called and he didn't pick up. Mm -hmm. So don't know what the situation is there. Well, allegedly, excuse me, allegedly that has happened. That's been written in many articles, but we don't know for certain. Uh, we just hope that Kyrie is okay. With everything that's happening in the country right now, you don't know where anybody's mindset is, quite honestly. And so uh, my hope is that Kyrie is okay. <laughs> but then I look at the Milwaukee Bucks, man. And I said that it's going to take about 20 games for the Milwaukee Bucks to really kind of gel. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Danny, I watched a few games, well, pretty much all the games. And I just don't think they're using Drew Holiday right right now. I've seen times and where times and meaning seven or eight times up and down the court in where Drew doesn't even touch the ball. Uh, he's either just going into one of the corners or one of the designated four spots with Giannis bringing the ball up a whole lot. Maybe since we have eight players, maybe it's just a fact of running specific plays. So that way these new players can kind of get used to each other, used to playing with Giannis, et cetera. Yep. And it's kind of like, okay, well, if we're playing the Pistons, since we played them twice, if we're playing Pistons, let's go ahead and just, you know, take this opportunity to, run plays specifically for Giannis and some other of the new players to see what pick and roll, pick and pop or pick and pass type options are presented. But the frustrating thing is there's no movement of, of any bodies. I'm, just, I'm still seeing Giannis with the ball, maybe pick and roll with two people. And those, these are some of the same plays that we've seen when Giannis hit Deladova. Yeah, would do it right. Though Dover was set to pick in, you know, they, I think they would call it inverted pick and roll type action where the small guard 
would go ahead and pick and roll. Same plays, different players, same concept. In the first preseason game, I was very excited because I saw a lot of movement. I saw a lot of motion offense Mm -hmm. where there were back screens set, weak side, ball action being done. Now it's the same exact thing that we have witnessed the past two years. And it has been successful in the regular season. But if you have the same concept, just different players, isn't that going to probably provide you the same result? That's a frustrating thing, man. And we'll see what happens. What about you, Danny? What have you seen so far? So a couple things, Jason. One, just to finish the thought on the Bucks, I think they missed a golden opportunity since they're on this homestand to try some things. They're playing the Pistons. The Pistons are terrible. Uh, it was like a scrimmage, more or less, with these games. Why not have Drew Holiday be ball dominant, facilitate the offense, get him going? Because he's he's just one of the guys right now. He's not standing out for what he was traded for. He's not showing why he was brought in. They're limiting him. And it could be lack of practice because they were on the road and everything. But they have to start incorporating Holiday because they look bland. But why not work the offense, work some, work through some things? Because, like I said, the Pistons are just horrible. So I think it was a golden opportunity missed at, at this stage of the season. I know it's early. A couple of surprises. Knicks, like Julius Randle, is playing out of his mind right now. So he's been a surprise. Brogdon's been playing really well at the Pacers. Uh, the 76ers had a hot start, except for last night. They they got rolled by uh, Brooklyn. But they've been playing pretty well, and it shows Doc Rivers' leadership as influencing that team and bringing in Seth Curry. And then from the Western Conference, the Lakers look good. Uh, Clippers have been up and down. Suns are leading the conference right now. And then there's a log jam of like 4-4, four and 3-14. Four, and 14. I've noticed, too, a lot of blowouts. So I'm not sure if it's – the team's rushing back where they're still trying to get their legs or what's going on, but there have been a lot of blowout games. So it'll be intriguing uh, once we get to that late February time frame, see where these teams are at and where they're heading. And I just have to add one, one more here. So with all the drama happening in Houston with the Houston Rockets, I, I have actually watched a couple of the Houston Rockets games. Houston has a good team, man. Um, they're not, their record doesn't, really indicate that as of right now but christian wood c wood has been absolutely phenomenal man i'm really hoping the for the best uh for for him uh there was there were a couple articles uh this week uh one by the ringer uh, the other i believe by bleacher report uh talking about christian woods or c woods journey through the nba and journey to actually play in the nba he was undrafted through multiple teams. Give you a cliff note version here. Went through multiple teams. He even had to go overseas uh, to China. Got cut from a league in China. Uh, mm-hmm. To come back and and to ultimately be with the Houston Rockets. Now, how we came to know C. Wood was when he was with the Milwaukee Bucks, and the progression or his progress uh, was absolutely phenomenal. Man, we were really clamoring for him to actually have more minutes. Because we saw the potential and when summer league happened and he exploded in terms of just how well he was playing points per game, how aggressive he was to later to be on the buck squad, not playing, playing in a G league, but not playing in the NBA. And we kept screaming. I know I did. Kept screaming at the TV, put C Wood in, 
mm-hmm. because there was some great potential there. And then to, for him to get waived because we needed roster spots and things of that nature, for him to get waived and picked up by Detroit, I think was a blessing in disguise for him. Uh, he ends up playing some meaningful minutes with the Detroit Pistons, averages uh, around tw- 22 a game with the Pistons, became a free agent, and and fortunately enough, man, signed a good contract, man, with the Houston Rockets. And now he's averaging about 23 and a half points a game. And he looks absolutely phenomenal, man. And that was back when that happened, when Christian Wood was waived. That was to bring in Frazier. And mm-hmm. also they're trying to make room for Paul Gasol, mm-hmm. who ended up not even playing in the playoffs for the reason they brought him in for that veteran leadership. And and they still the Bucks still had an opportunity to pick him up after he played with the Pelicans. Because he went down to New Orleans and went off and then went to Detroit, went off. And he showed even when he was in the G League, he was putting up some nice 40, 40 plus and then like mm-hmm. 20 rebounds. We still could have got him, man. We st- I mean, after the Bogdanovich trade didn't go through, right? Mm-hmm. We still had opportunity to go get him. Exactly. So, and for, and for that price point too. For that price point, man. You know, man, I'm just happy that he's getting his money, man. He's getting mm-hmm. the opportunity. Uh, I want to say he signed like a three-year, forty-one million dollar contract or something to that degree. Congratulations, C. Wood. You went through a whole lot. And now we have a special, special segment here. And since we have turned the calendar into 2021, we thought what better way to celebrate than to kind of think about some of the things that we'll remember uh, sports-wise in 2020. Uh, One of the first sporting news of the year was the death of Kobe being Bryant, the Black Mamba, uh, in the helicopter crash. The impact that he has had around the world, not only on the court, but off the court. And I think a lot of people didn't really realize the impact that Kobe had had on a lot of people, multiple generations who not only love basketball, but loves to read. Rest in peace to Kobe. Rest in peace to the others that died in the plane crash excuse me the helicopter crash and so that was definitely one of the huge sports stories of 2020 what happened the night before the helicopter crash was lebron james passing kobe on the all-time scoring list and knowing kobe has sent that tweet during the game on the live broadcast it was surreal what happened the next day so it was lebron celebrating that night and then what happened the next day. The other thing I think, too, just to add on to what you said about Kobe, all the plans he had for the future, business ventures and different things he had going on that came out after his passing, that would have been exciting. Definitely RIP. Another one on the list was watching Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl. It was Andy Reid's first Super Bowl, and Andy Reid's been in the game a long time. So to see him get his first ring, see Mahomes get his first ring, and me as a Falcons fan, to see Shanahan not get a ring was the best thing that could have happened in that Super Bowl because San Francisco was 
taking care of business. And then all of a sudden, like every other game in that playoff run last year, if you remember, Jason, Chiefs are getting beat and they came back and won. And the same thing happened in the Super Bowl where by I don't know how in the world they did it, but they did it. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll see if they go back to back this year. Another sports story, this national or excuse me, this global pandemic, that being COVID-19. And I just remember when the NBA shut it down. A lot of people have already seen, you know, the Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, and his facial reaction when he got the notification on his phone Mm -hmm. about how games were uh, postponed in itself to me was the major, major sports news because that actually started the trickle-down effect, if you will, of a lot of other sports leagues starting to postpone. But then you start thinking about the businesses small businesses starting to adjust to the global pandemic. The sports story there, COVID-19 and, and the NBA being the first to really shut it down. Yeah. And to that point, Jason, if you remember, March Madness was canceled. So they were in the conf- conference championships. So the Big East, I believe, was playing that day. And then they ended up starting to cancel. And then once the NBA did it, that put the pressure on the NCAA to start canceling so Mm -hmm. they ended up canceling the whole march madness it was all tied together and then like you said then everyone kind of fell in line based on how the nba did it and taking that drastic step to say all right we got to take a step back and understand what's going on here before we proceed with the season but to that point just as we're talking about postponing a season restarting the season of the nba and the nhl being in a bubble format and really showcasing that social distancing, testing, things of that nature really works, especially in the bubble situation where no one tested positive in those cases. Uh, not only in that bubble situation was the testing and not having COVID a success, but crowning a champion in the sport, in the bubble, proved to be a huge sports story in my opinion mm-hmm. so that alone to me is worth two <laughs> stories yep. but also in that bubble situation danny real quickly a lot happened in the bubble the shooting that happened in kenosha wisconsin the protest that the milwaukee bucks uh made and not this not playing that game taking the opportunity taking that time to write out what they would like to do to really push the Wisconsin legislators to do something. Uh, and so I think that's also a huge sports story. Uh, I think the activism didn't fall by the wayside while they were in a bubble, but I think it really uh, elevated it even more and had more attention. So those are huge sports stories because that's where the sports world and the real world intersected, came exactly. together. And it really, really shaped the discussions, shaped uh, how we really look at what's happening in the world today. Yep. And to that point, Jason, I think it also will have a long-term effect where the players, specifically the NBA, were able to be together. Not all teams were there, obviously, but they were able to be there where they're all in one place. So when that's just, that, when the Bucks did what they did, Everyone was able to talk through some things and then enable some initiatives to be put in place. So as we looked at the election that just happened, 
voting in polling places and Mm -hmm. using arenas and stadiums, Mm -hmm. doing things where now going forward, there's a plan. So it's not Mm -hmm. just lip service with working with between the players and owners, but there's actually action and action plans that they're trying to put in place. So the first thing was the voting going forward, they can move in a direction to continue. So it's not just a one-time event. Yeah. And, and just as we say that on the flip side of it, then you have college football and the NFL actually not being in a bubble situation, but ultimately traveling to different stadiums in some cases with fans, some cases without fans. I've seen both. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it depends upon the region of the country that you're in. Um, I've seen stadiums and where there are a whole lot of fans in there, not necessarily <laughs> social distancing, some with masks, some without masks. I mean, in some cases it is kind of uh, out there, but then I've seen, seen it where there were no fans at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on in the season, there were percentage of the stadium, maybe 10, 15 percent of the stadium. That, I think that's another sports story. Just the whole difference in, in how sports leagues were actually uh, going to handle this and, and ultimately uh, crown a champion of their respective uh, sports and all. So, And to that, Jason, with the fans, I thought a story was the impact of not having fans at stadiums and the losing the home court advantage or your home field advantage, depending on the sport, because watching the NBA in the bubble, it was, it may have been an advantage for Miami to not have fans because those rookies didn't have to go on the road to Milwaukee Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as an example. Or if you look at when the MLB played, same thing, there weren't these rowdy crowds and you're about to see it now with the NFL playoffs. There may be a few fans, depending on which stadium they're in, but that may, so Seattle, they don't have the 12th man. How is that going to impact them when they're playing at home? Mm-hmm. I think not only the fans being there or not there, but the impact on the actual teams and the play on the court or in the field and how those fans actually really get them going versus the virtual fans that they have in place in some areas. Mm-hmm. I would say this too, Danny, another sports story that was very interesting this particular year in 2020 was that of the recognition by the Major League Baseball League of the Negro Leagues mm-hmm. and really them recognizing their stats, the Negro League stats, and bringing that into, putting that into Major League Baseball. There are some interesting feelings about that. Mm-hmm. One, it took them a century to do it. Two, how was that going to impact really the records and the record books? So there's there are mixed feelings about this. Um, my feeling about it, quite honestly, I, I still have mixed feelings about it, quite honestly. Just the historical nature of the ne- Negro Leagues, the way they were treated. Yep. But when had you all have to realize this, man? The Negro Leagues was a very successful business that was stripped away. So I have mixed feelings about it because of that fact. But I will say this, I'm just happy that there's some form of recognition. I, I would love to get to the the Hall of Fame for the Negro Leagues just to really take a moment just to go through. I, I definitely want to do that. The Last Dance docuseries. So as we were going through 
Lockdown, Shutdown, The Last Dance featuring Michael Jordan, the Chicago Bulls, and everyone associated with the Chicago mm -hmm. Bulls was expedited. So it was planned for June after the NBA originally was planned to do, do their championship. But since there was nothing on, sports are on lockdown, everyone else was on lockdown. They introduced The Last Dance, 10 episodes, going back to that last season of Michael Jordan with the Chicago Bulls and all the inside, that insight we found out with Mike Jordan and, and the Bulls and all <laughs> everything with Jerry Krause and Pippen and Rodman. So that was, it brought me back to a time back in the late 90s. And it was just awesome to see, especially because there's nothing else to watch from a sports perspective. So we got the chance to relive that and hear some of Mike's perspectives on some perspective on some of the items that we really weren't privy to prior to that docuseries man and those memes were hilarious man the memes are classic uh the internet is undefeated uh, i would say another sports story would be coach prime Deion sanders becoming head coach of the jackson state university tigers uh, I think it was definitely a win-win-win situation, that other win being that of HBCU football. And to this day, there are now Power 5 uh, recruits actually transferring to other HBCUs. And I think this is uh, only the beginning. The excitement in HBCU football is definitely there, uh, specifically in the SWAC uh, conference uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and where now Florida A&M University and Bethune-Cookman are now in that conference transferring from the MEAC or the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. And so this power conference, that being the SWAC, is uh, loaded. A lot of uh, recruits are transferring. Uh, so it's a win for Jackson State University, a win for uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, but also a win for uh, HBCU football and also uh, the HBCU universities as a whole. Okay. The other sports story real quickly is the 2020 Olympics being postponed, obviously due to COVID. Obviously a, a huge disappointment. It has been postponed to 2021. We'll see if that happens. Uh, but obviously with sports, you can't get – uh, any more sports oriented than that of the Olympics. Mike and Tyson and Roy Jones. Sports highlight of the 2020, man. <laughs> Good to see both both of them. Good to see that they both made it out without uh, any major injuries. But it was an event, something that is going to apparently be duplicated by Snoop Dogg and others uh, in a different league. But nonetheless, Mike Tyson against Roy Jones proved to be a uh, success uh, unfortunately I don't agree with the ruling or the results of it it was definitely not a tie I believe Mike Tyson won that thing but hey I'm just glad that they both made it out uh, without being heavily injured and like Roy Jones said he wear draws he don't do draws <laughs> and the last Jason is the Lakers winning their 17th championship so in the bubble you mentioned it, they were able to crown a champion. So congratulations to them. And also in L.A., the Dodgers won their first championship since 1988. So it was an L.A.-dominated end of the year from a championship perspective. And rest in peace to Tommy Lasorda, who was the actual manager 
of those L.A. Dodgers in 88 who won, uh, who just recently passed away. So rest in peace to Tommy Lasorda and condolences to uh, his family. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.